Pretending to do an impression of John Anderson and Gladiators asking each other if we're ready to start this podcast. Hello there. Hi. Welcome along to another episode of Underbench Staples with Russell. That's me. Hi. And me, Patrick. Hello. Hi. That was a good episode. It, it was a really good episode. Yes. So continuing big week. Big's week. Big. Um, This has been a big elimination challenge. Slash a big pressure test. Pressure test. Yeah. I know. It's it's really confusing because like a pressure test is an elimination. Then an elimination challenge is also an elimination. Mm. You think after 15 seasons they realise there's dumb people like me out there who might mix them up on a podcast reacting to the show. Clearly this show is not aimed at you. I always thought it was. What a shame. So today we had three contestants going into this pressure test and one would leave us and it was all about lamingtons. It was interesting because they were kind of like, this is the biggest pressure test in MasterChef history at this time. Lots of, lots of uh, qualifications. Of, no, there's bigger ones coming along the line, no doubt. But at this stage of the competition, 12 episodes in, yeah. it is the biggest. And in fairness... Compared to previous mm, seasons. Um, I would say... Uh, the technicality of having so many different finishes, different fillings, uh, but all with the same base is quite a challenge. Mm. Uh, it was an interesting one. Eddie Stewart said it. Uh, I wasn't aware of Eddie myself or his business, but really interesting how he set up a Lamington business in various places, including in Tokyo. Straight after this, I'm adding Tokyo Lamingtons on Instagram. Absolutely, absolutely. Really amazing. Um, so the three contestants were Theo, Larissa and Declan. And the challenge was to create the Tokyo Lamington Tower in five hours, which was an 11-page recipe. <laughs> I don't know if our editor would have liked editing us with an 11-page recipe, but here we are. I'd say we tried. I'd say we've tried. <laughs> My fried chicken recipe is long, but it's not that long. Uh, 26 different stages and methods as well, I believe. Um, and essentially, it's to create 20 Lamingtons in total. Equal size, mm. but all each of the layers a different flavour of lamington. And even just the height of them and stuff like that Mm. to fit on that tower Mm. to make them perfectly. Quite a lot of precise baking. And if you're not a baker yourself, I would say that this is quite difficult. Um, The flavours. Yeah. We'll run through these. Uh, Tre Leches, Snickers, Strawberry Matcha, Yuzu Meringue and Charcoal Pumpkin. Oh, stunning. you only had to pick one. No, we're going to do that at the end. What would you... Okay. We'll do that at the end. Even though even though, even though, it's a different, cha- different type of episode, we'll do it at the end. I still want to do Smash and Pass. So, um, let's talk about how the kind of challenge proceeded. So, all the ingredients were let out, put out for everyone, which was good. I found it quite interesting how certain things like egg whites and egg yolks were already pre-separated um, throughout. It didn't look like everything was necessarily had to be done from necessarily from scratch. There was a few processes aided along the way, and they were using industrial-sized 
mixers as well, which I guess is a little bit of a shock because, again, 12 episodes in, they've only ever used uh, stand mixers or hand mixers. So a bit of a big step up, I guess, but it is big week. Sure is. Mm. So where to? Shall okay. we go to a contestant? Shall we go through each of their performances? Yeah, I think we do the contestants individually because there's only three of them. And there's it, only so much we can talk about. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so let's start with Theo, who right out the gate had the first kind of issue of the three contestants because, and really it is the ultimate issue. Read the recipe. Yeah, uh, quite interesting that this boo-boo came up because... Uh, on paper, I guess Theo very much the natural person to do well with this challenge. Uh, he has already demonstrated a lot of things with baking and pastry and the likes, so it seems like this is the most natural thing for him. And to forget something like sifting flour and having to be reminded of it was a little bit weird. Especially if you go through the recipe and it says to sift it three times. Yes. It isn't a step you would instinctively ignore. If it told you to sift it once, Mm. I would get that. Mm. But because it's three times, you're kind of like, oh, come on. Mm. So, and ultimately, it's every teacher's advice who I've ever had an exam for. And it's really the downfall in every pressure test in the past. Read... The, the recipe. recipe. Read it, then read it again, and then go. You sound like a Prulith uh, giving the <laughs> technical challenge on um, Bake Off. It's exactly that, though. That's why she says yeah. that kind of stuff. The amount of times that she would just go, read the recipe. Thank you, bye. It's it's great advice. Great advice for life. Um, overall, though, I'd say he had a very confident um, cook throughout. Hmm. Um after that uh, there was obviously the way it was broadcast it felt like you know you're two or three steps behind everyone else theirs is all in the oven yeah but then ultimately when it came to the tasting they all complimented his sponge as being faultless Mm. even though I spotted a crack in the sponge on his one Mm. the other two seemed to me in the look of them coming out of the oven that they had been kind of quite uniform in the texture. His had a noticeable crack, but clearly he just cut that off and it Mm. had had been fine. Speaking of cutting, it was interesting how when it came to the measuring and sizing out of his lamingtons, he was the only one not to go initially in, well we won't, we'll talk about Declan in a minute but he's the only one not to go into squares initially he put them into there was moles there Yeah. bearing in mind I've never made lamingtons myself before so I wasn't sure if they all had to be done individually they're done as layers and then cut etc but it was interesting they had moles for each of them and he was the only one to put them in in long strips into those moles then filling them with whether it was the curds or the caramels and then cutting them into shape that was a learning for me Mm. I guess Um, he was the only one to do that the judges said that he had great layering Mm -hmm. they definitely as you said complimented the sponge sponge of the day Um, 
and they said things like pretty good and near faultless. Yeah, yeah. And it also showed he came in and he was like, yeah, I feel pretty good after that. Mm. So that's pretty positive for him. We'll move to Declan next. Let's go to Declan. And he seemed to be the quickest of the three at the outset of the challenge. And he seemed to kind of take it in his stride. Yes. Um, I noted that he seemed really, really comfortable doing yeah. this challenge. Not necessarily that he was confident in the sense of cooking it as a thing. I think he follows instructions very well. Yeah. I think he follows stages and steps and everything very, very well. And un- and he, I think he was the, the only one who never really had to jump back or do anything again. He just did it, as it said, except for the sponge. Hmm. Um, his sponge, when it came out of the oven, looked perfect. perfect. Beautiful colouring on it. Um, barely a crack to be seen. And also, the shape of it was almost perfectly square rectangle I guess Um, I don't know whether it's because he put some weight on it as it came out and it just flattened it a little bit there was no kind of domey kind Mm. of roof on top of it from uh, the rising so that was really good until he cut it and it was interesting that when Theo was cutting Phil shouted down it was measured twice cut once great great advice Yeah. yeah I think that and the advice of read the recipe are both excellent pieces of advice. In now, a the only test. thing is, um, Declan uh, cut it really, really quickly and didn't really pay much attention. Isn't he a carpenter? Exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> like, how do you not? He cut the sponge in landscape when you're supposed to cut it in portrait. Like, yeah. But if your carpenter is cutting it the complete wrong dimension, yeah. I'd be worried. Did you, you didn't do woodwork, did you, in school? I did for like three months in yeah. transition year. So one of the things about woodwork is... Um, speaking as a carpenter myself, I'm not. Okay, uh, Joseph. But um, it, it's fascinating that maybe the carpentry mentality slipped in a little bit. How so? So when we would do woodwork in school and you'd cut something and you needed to fit it into a space or anything like that and you didn't do it right, there's a lot of wood there that you just go, ah, grand, I'll just get another one and make it work. And I wonder if the familiarity of being like that is like, oh, yeah, grand measured, you know, mark it out, cut it, and then it doesn't work. There's like, oh, it's, oh, I have to bake it again. Oh, no. Oh, no. And I think I could kind of see a little spark of, oh, I'll just go to the oven. Oh, no, I have to do the whole thing again. No, I have to make it work. And I wonder if that might have been in his mind. But then I don't think it fazed him that much because he had been able to kind of jigsaw it out a bit. Yeah, yeah. So that, I think, is the carpenter in him (laughs) kicking in of like, well, I just have to kind of improvise. Can we just talk about Trey's Lecky? Which Trace all Lecky? I could think of was, hi, I'm Sharon, Sharon Trey's Lecky. <laughs> that could be his drag name. <laughs> Sharon Trey's Lecky. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I learned, I know. The way he pronounces it wrong every single time, slightly differently, but uniformly wrong. 
like especially because they <laughs> do these pieces to camera after the challenge so he's gone through the challenge he's heard it said several times it's as if he just incorrectly pronounces it on purpose no but also if it's he, not endearing I, I, I think it is and I also I find it amusing especially now that we've got a great drag name of Sharon Treslecki I but think it's fantastic onto the judges because again they were very complimentary they agreed that his sponge was good but not as good as Theo's Mm. They clocked a thick coating on the, on the Snickers because he double dipped. Yes. Um, and while it didn't look bad, I guess, for the uniformity and the thickness of it, 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 it wasn't exactly how they wanted it. There was a couple of misshapen ones, slightly wonky here and there, but overall pretty decent. Really they good. did take out a ruler. They were measuring... Um, and they did note a few um, abnormalities with them but overall a lot of comment of good or great mm. which I would agree with uh, and other than f- there's no flavour mishaps or anything like that it was probably more of a shaping mishap for, yeah. for Declan so pretty decent job so then going into the third of the three contestants you're kind of getting the impression that okay they're going to have to be splitting hairs if all of the commentary thus far is it's good it's great it's small details if it was of the two of them right now Declan would go home for he would. Or for yeah. the for the misshapen, he would. Yeah, uh, he would. so that's that. But in walks Larissa, who is next. Who, uh, bear in mind, has already been eliminated before on this competition, so well aware of the process uh, involved. Um, the caramel, the caramel, the caramel, the caramel, and then the caramel, because it was the fourth attempt. By the time the caramel was perfect the four the four caramels of the apocalypse because I don't know what it was about the caramel that flummoxed her but stop touching it stop coaxing it it's it's ingrained in me every time I've even considered producing a caramel it is in my head Do do not touch it until it's the colour you want until it's all hot and amber it will create itself if you leave it alone yeah absolutely now I think her issue was and it's a thing that I've had to learn over the years is you start the caramel on low everybody kind of thinks that you throw in the sugar and the water into the pan and you crank up the heat because you're trying to get it to come to the boil. However, I think for caramel, the best thing is to start it kind of low and then slowly amp it up because that way it isn't going to crystallize quickly and you're kind of giving the chance of all of the sugar around the rim mm-hmm. to melt in. Mm. And I got elements of that offer in this episode and clearly there was some ongoing issue if it took three attempts one of the attempts being when uh, she threw the hot caramel into the warm cream I mean like I question your verb there how can you throw a caramel (laughs) into a cream it's like a molten like gloopy sticky thing you know even pouring it into the like thin cream you just know like 
this is not right to put this texture into that. But she still did it. <laughs> and then it ate up the whisk like, oh no. <laughs> oh no. Eventually she got there and her caramel looked on the fourth attempt sensation. I would actually almost say it was probably one of the best looking ones Yeah, that went through. I think the caramel in the... It was in the Snickers, right? I think the caramel had been quite thin Mm. underneath the mousse. Mm. So I I question if you could taste the difference in all of their caramels. But to me, hers looked the nicest. I agree. Um, I Going to her kind of plating up the nuts on the Snickers. Actually, the Snickers seems to have really been her... Was the tray leche actually? No, that wasn't the caramel. That was the top one that had the kind of coconut on the exterior. Yeah, I'm just trying to remember because it felt like they in in the order they almost were like showcasing each lamington in order, and the caramel was very early on. Maybe mm. I'm getting confused, but when it did come to the Snickers one, she went way overboard with the nuts. Yeah. Everyone else, including the demonstration uh, ones to mimic, had only a scattering of peanuts. This was a coating, a full-on coating. This to me was two fails. Yeah. Okay. Coating it entirely in the peanuts is incorrect. Yeah. However having the peanuts as ground as she did Mm. is also an issue in itself because Theo as the kind of control here he had them perfectly prepped Mm. and clearly in the recipe it tells you how fine or how whole to have the peanuts so there's almost kind of two things at fault here and in combination it just looked wrong it, it didn't look great at all um, and, and I can imagine also the flavour overload that would come with that that you wouldn't get if it was just a simple scattering suggestion of peanuts I really want a Snickers this is like two episodes yeah, in a row the, that they've had a Snickers thing there are, are we going to the shop after this because I'd actually really like a Snickers there are Snickers in your fridge you got Snickers. They're probably expired. Yeah, you got those Snickers when we after we came back from Scotland last year. I did because <laughs> we. Um, okay, definitely. Expired. Okay, this is this is this is a um, sidetrack here. So we visited our friends in Scotland, and uh, near where they live is a, a fish and chip shop that obviously do a battered, deep fried Mars bar, stunning. But they also do a special of the week. <laughs> and every week and it's it's a it's a big deal in this town Dunkeld isn't it yeah yeah, big deal in this town that they have a special of the week and it changes every single week and I can't remember what it was I have a feeling it was a Milky Way when Ooh, we were there we didn't have it exotic but it was when we went back to Glasgow we were like right we need to get one of these and we tried one and we tried a deep fried Mars bar and we were oh, shock horror we loved it because anything deep fried we tend to love but this was very very special and you got a couple of Mars bars a few days later and were like I'm going to do deep fried um, Snickers and yeah 
they didn't ever get done. And they're <laughs> probably going to kill us, so I've got to buy some more now. But yeah, I think the Snickers, to me, is mm. is a flavour that I'm starting to see often mm. in this show. And I'm not angry at it. Not at all. I'm, I'm here for mm. the peanuts and the caramel and the chocolate. Uh, yeah. In terms of the judges' comments for Larissa, we have coating issues. Yeah. Clearly on the peanut one, they called all of her efforts quite clunky mm-hmm. um, or no clumsy clumsy sorry. is the word that they use yeah. and Jock said that they had big problems yeah. across the board here those problems being too much peanut structure problems sizing yeah so so disappointing so yeah. all of the judges kind of agree then it's clear that the two lads yeah. are kind of in their own league and then unfortunately there's one contestant who is obviously going home. Yes, Larissa was very emotional in uh, in front of the judges understandably mm. thinking about the whole journey that she's been on highs and lows um, I think she knew in her heart of hearts that this was not to be for her but hey you got a second chance so yeah. unfortunately Larissa goes home can we just talk about um how the episode was structured and as a production okay um did it feel like they focused on two or three lamingtons far more than the other ones as well as in like we talked about the caramel we've talked about uh the yuzu and the 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 meringue i barely saw anything about the pumpkin filling like how did they do a sweet pumpkin filling you know mm. even even at one point it was like okay the first two are do- done and then it's like okay 10 minutes get them all done and suddenly there's towers ready to go it, I, it just kind of felt very very quick towards the end of the challenge yeah um, I do agree that they had almost been plating up just after kind of cutting them all to size yeah to me possibly a pressure test is all about the technical skills mm. It's kind of the equivalent of the technical challenge in mm. Bake Off. Um, and I guess the drama and the screen time yeah. that you're going to get is the issues in the technical elements. So uh, caramel, a sponge, mm. how things are cut, how they're assembled, as opposed to just hearsay. I'm, I'm here stirring the cream into mm. the chocolate yep. to create a mousse like mm. yeah um, we're going to do smash and pass as we were going to do earlier on because mm. uh, you asked me earlier on which one would I like or which one would I like to do choose choose yeah. this is where we're going to do smash and pass instead on the okay. five of them um, so you have a choice of uh, Trisleckis Snickers Sharon <laughs> <Darren> Trisleckis <laughs> Strawberry Matcha Yuzi Meringue or Charcoal and Pumpkin Lamingtons what's your smash and what's a pass and me smash is Yuzi Meringue yes Yuzi Meringue just I love a torched meringue I'm I'm not too familiar with Yuzu. I've had it a couple of times over the years, um, but I haven't had it prominently Mm -hmm. in anything, I would say. So that's going to be my smash. 
And my pass is going to be the strawberry and matcha, just because I don't like the flavour of matcha. Okay, fair. Um, my smash is probably going to be the yuzu meringue as well, but since you picked that and there's only one on the plate, uh, I'd probably actually go for the strawberry matcha. I love strawberries. I don't mind matcha. Gorgeous colour, so I'd probably go for that. The one I probably wouldn't be too keen on as a pass is possibly the tre leches. Mm. Um... Anytime I've had Trey Leches, I've loved it, but I feel like I've fallen into a sugar coma after it, and I think it might just be a little bit too sweet. Now, I'll try theirs, because it looked really good, okay. but uh, yeah, yeah, I'd probably go for those. I've got a really pressing question. Where can one procure a lamington in Ireland? Like, where are all of the Australian bakers in in Ireland I'm crying out here yeah like we were only talking there during the episode that like oh no that's the thing I don't understand oh yeah there's no Australian bakers in Ireland it's all Irish bakers in Australia (laughs) that's what it must be Um, if there's any Aussie bakers here are are there any making lamingtons I've not really seen them around I I have a feeling somewhere like Bread 41 would do them around Australia Day perhaps Um, but you know what we'll do we'll do after this episode is published we'll put a question box up on our Instagram and if anyone gets to us from outside of this community of listeners we can inform you about those tomorrow when we talk about tomorrow's episode which did I predict it on mic or did I just do it off mic I think we were talking about it at the end of the last episode of speculating yes. on the service it's challenge it's a service challenge street food baby cooking for uh, thousands sorry apparently. another account I'm clearly adding immediately after this uh, episode is it's called Grazeland the street food market Graceland, as in Graceland, Graceland, except Graceland. Graceland. Is that sponsored by the uh, little snack boxes we used to get when we lived yeah. in London? The Grace box through the post box, through the post box, and then you eat the three really nice ones <laughs> and leave one <laughs> to fester away until you move out and you have to throw it in the bin. Love that. Gonna check it out for sure. Um, so that will be tomorrow's episode. We'll be back for that around uh, eight thirty-ish, nine tomorrow night GMT or British summertime. I don't know what time. It, what, what is it? I don't. I don't know. But until then, thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.